0: Now more than ever, you need a source of news you can trust, and you have such a source in WYPR. Members are our most important source of funding, and we need you now more than ever so we can continue to keep you informed amid the pandemic with honest, accurate journalism. You can make a pledge at wypr.org. If you're a sustaining member, consider an additional gift or increasing your monthly pledge. We could not be here without you,
1: and we thank you so much. Hello, listeners. How you doing? This is Theo Hill. Welcome back to One Day at a Time in Recovery in Baltimore, a podcast where I talk one-on-one with other folks like me who are dealing with their own addictions and recovery. I like to report that I just got through celebrating 20 years in recovery, and recovery has changed my life. It's a one day at a time process, and i like to continue this journey of recovery, and i like for y'all to come along with me. I'd like to thank the listeners for writing in uh, re- reports and emailing in and everything about the show. That's, that's very important, and uh, I would like for my producer to come in now and uh, let him share a little bit. Hey, Theo, thanks for yeah. letting me talk on your podcast.
0: Uh, Yeah. So it's Aaron Henkin here uh, from WYPR, producer of Theo's podcast. And Theo, I want to say congratulations to you. I had you were very kind. You invited me to come to your meeting when you celebrated your 20th anniversary. And it was incredible to watch you speak to a room full of probably 30, 40 people in recovery, as well as longtime friends and family members who were there to support you. Uh, It's clear why. You are an inspiration to them, uh, and it was just a reminder to me uh, how lucky we are that you ended up uh, as the host of this podcast. Um, so, yeah, like Theo said, uh, thank you listeners who've been um, writing in on Apple Podcasts with your reviews. Um, it's a really cool way to sort of uh, put the podcast on the radar of other listeners. I'm just going to read a couple of these quickly, Theo. Uh, don't, I don't want to see you blush too much. Uh, this one says, humbling. Thank you for sharing your experiences, Theo. This is honest and humbling. Grateful. I'm so glad I found this podcast. I live in Baltimore and can really relate to these voices that I hear. I'm so grateful to these people for sharing their stories. Theo, you're doing great. Can't wait to hear more. So uh, thank you, listeners, and uh, it's well-deserved praise, Theo. All right, I'm going to get off the mic. I'm going
1: to let you do your thing. Well, today's a very special day for me. I have a very special friend here. Um, Who was helping me in my recovery and um, trying to help him in his, and um, his name is Mike, and I like to turn it over to Mike. But my first question is, Mike, uh, can you give me a little value about your family, where you were, you know kind of born at?
2: I was born and raised. Uh, actually, I was born in St. Agnes Hospital. I was my family lived in Catonsville then, and uh, you know, I, uh, family eventually moved down like towards uh, Ten Hills, which is kind of near Emmonson Village. And I had a big family. There were seven of us kids, and, uh, you know, um, just a regular family, you know, um, mom, dad, <laughs> <laughs> and a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. <laughs> All right. Could you, uh,
1: bring us when, first, when substances came into your life?
2: Yeah, I can I remember exactly when um I had older brothers and sisters and they were always throwing these parties and uh and they looked like they were having fun and uh one of my actually my sister's best friend, still her best friend today, she gave me some uh Seagram 7 and uh 7 Up. That was my first thing and uh and I drank that and uh I fell in love, you know. This was it, man. This was this was the uh The tonic, the uh, thing that was going to help me in the rest of my life, you know. And that's where it all started.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay, so that's where it started. Can you um, uh, let the audience know how the disease progressed?
2: Well, for me, you know, I I can remember, you know, I grew up in the 60s. Uh, Mm -hmm. I started high school in 1968. And um, I can remember thinking I will never take drugs. Mind you know by this time though i'm like a blackout drunk every time i drink you know but i was never going to take those drugs so i went off to this good catholic high school in 1968 and by the time i graduated in 1972 it was kind of sex drugs rock and roll and the party was on and it was all i don't know kind of fun and kind of innocent you know in the beginning and uh you know it started like that and and for a long time i was just you know having fun i tell people there was not a lot of consequences that i deal with i was just extremely irresponsible but uh you know it wasn't uh it wasn't bad you know and uh and slowly it just progressed other drugs you know introduced and uh you know i i um i met my uh uh i always got to talk about her i met my Mm -hmm. wife back then and um you know we we started out together and uh she became my best friend and my running buddy and and just you know it just all went from there and uh you know and and the drugs became more and more you know and and back then i had you know friends you know right there in like catonsville these guys they were crazy and they were like robbing pharmacies and whatnot and there was just a lot of pills and things and and uh and that's mostly what it consisted of you know a lot of drinking a lot of you know a lot of pharmaceutical pills back mm-hmm. then you know and and in my mind you know that stuff was good it was okay you know because that stuff's pretty you know right. the pills are pretty you know it hadn't gotten ugly yet right so but uh you know it, it eventually it progressed and uh and uh you know and and uh i guess it was 1983 you mm-hmm. know I, i'm married and uh you know, my wife my running buddy and um by this time we had a couple of kids and, uh, you know, uh, my wife was working for my father who was a doctor and, um, she wrote more prescriptions than he did. And, um, you know, it, it, it we would get caught and my father would never let it get past him. He wasn't going to turn it over. Well, they got to a point after about 10 times of mm-hmm. getting caught that, um, you know, it was time to, you know, for some consequences and they were talking about taking my kids and, uh, I initially, you know, got clean, stopped using in 1983 because my kids, you know, I didn't want to lose my children, right. you know, and, and my wife eventually did. It's like that's a whole big another story, you mm-hmm. know, and it was real messy and whatnot. But uh, eventually, both of us ended up getting clean. You know? um, we got, you know, involved in a program and 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 whatnot, and things were good and and life was good and i stayed real involved in this recovery thing for a long time and um it got to a point after about 10 years i'm live we're living in a brand new house in ellicott city uh-huh. um you know i got 3 kids at this time i got them in private school uh you know and, and i'm just living the dad thing going to church on sunday and coaching ball and uh, you know i got away from this recovery thing you know uh-huh. and, and uh, like i was normal and uh To make a long story short, after like 14 years clean, I thought one pill wouldn't hurt, you know, and, um, you know, I was okay, and and I deserved it, and uh, started out with like one Percocet, and and I went on to use for like 14 years, and uh, before I made it back, you know, Um, I almost died, lost everything. The family, the whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the grace of God, my wife and I, we're not even married anymore, but we are back together, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. um, that's all got to do with recovery. That's the only reason we're together. And, uh, you know, life's pretty good today, you know. I mean, I still, I still got to work hard. There's still trials and tribulations. Uh, but I need to, to you know, I, I, I learned something. I, like, even though my life seemed like it was, you know, really good and blah, 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 and I was normal, I wasn't. So I have to stay involved in this recovery thing, you know, and, um, and uh, being clean today is, is very precious to me because mm-hmm. it was something that, you know, that I tried to do after having like 14 years clean, mm-hmm. trying to do it again and tried for years and couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, and some, of course, something happened. There's always an event. Nobody just gets clean, you know, and, and for me, it was I almost died. I had uh, some liver problems. My liver was shutting down. And um that's when it started and uh eventually, you know, I uh you know, I got clean again. And that's been a little over seven years ago. And um, you know, I just uh it means a lot to me. I mean it's uh me being clean is, is way more precious than it ever was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big deal. Seven years later it's still a big deal. Um and and the way I do it is I just, you know, you know, help other addicts, um, you know, I do stuff like this. Whatever whenever somebody asks me to do something that's right. got to do with recovery, yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it, man, because you know, I, I gotta give back right. what was freely given to me, you know, and, and just how important that is. And and I don't take this I don't know, I just don't take being clean for granted right. anymore, you know. Right. I know. I know I'm just one drug away from just you know the, you know, from that misery oh, again, man. you know. And, um, so, you know, and I, I tell new guys, I tell new guys all the time. I said, there's like, just remember two things. There's only one drug you can't do the first one. And there's only one day you got to stay clean and that's today. And that's pretty much how I live my life, you know? And, uh, you know, and I do other things, but you know, life's good. You know, I, I, I managed to go back to work, you know, I got kind of a physical job and I'm an old guy and I couldn't work for years um you know and and that's important to me because i like what i do mm-hmm. and uh you know and, and and my wife is back in my life she's not really my wife but you know my ex-wife we're happily divorced you a significant and, uh, other but that's like that's just like a miracle to me you know yes. and uh you know i got my best friend back and that's only from you know being clean and recovery and whatnot and uh you know, and she's clean, and um, I just, when nothing else is going on, I look at that, and I realize that's a miracle, you know, that the both of us are here today, yes. and we're both clean, because I didn't think it was ever going to happen again. So, um, <laughs> how much more do you want me to go? But that's good, man. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Thank you for your
1: story. <laughs> um, your story was very inspiring um you help the audience uh with the recovery and um, that relapse is part of recovery and if you slip or if you you know go back out that you can always come back and uh, you'll be accepted uh, i got from it that um no matter what just hang in there and if you do relapse that you can come back at any time I'd like to thank Mike Yu for sharing his story on this episode of One Day at a Time in Recovery in Baltimore. I would like to thank you for listening, and I'm Theo Hill, and let's talk again soon.